Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, Bryce. It's Zach Rance from Big Brother. I was so honored to have been Freak of the Week. I appreciate your support. I love what you're doing with the podcast. Keep it going. It's a, it's a Purple Pants podcast. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants podcast. You better listen in public. Might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants podcast. You're trying to unwind. You better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants podcast. You're trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Purple Pants Podcast. I am your host, Bryce Isaiah, and I'm ready to deck the halls, okay? Are you ready to deck the halls? I hope that everyone is having a amazing day. I hope that you are ready for Santa to come down the chimney. And if you're not, we're going to deck the halls this podcast and get it popping. Thank you so much for listening. Shout out to my Purple Pants Posse. And if this is your first time listening, whoa, whoa, what's up? And welcome to the Purple Pants Podcast. Now, before we go any further, if you could just pause this podcast and make sure you are subscribed to my podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts from. Make sure you write a review. Make sure you give your baby boy some five stars and tell a friend that we decking the halls on this episode. So, woo, Chile, what y'all been up to? Okay, y'all all all done your Christmas shopping? Or are you like me, waiting patiently by your door for your orders to get delivered because you ordered stuff three weeks ago, okay? But it ain't coming in the mail yet. It says loading. It says delivery date unavailable. I paid for priority shipping. Somebody going to have to run me my holiday money back, okay? Because I'm trying to deck the halls, but really, I'm trying to cuss the postman out. But I understand it's a pandemic, and a lot of people are shopping online, and it is, you know, a lot of, you know, people getting sick. They're just not running at full capacity. But where is my package? Let me know. 
You don't just send me an email. Say, Bryce, listen, we can, we going to get the package after Christmas. Because I'm trying to deck the halls. I'm trying to get into the holiday cheer. I love wrapping gifts. And one of my favorite things to do during the holidays is, you know, pour up me a nice little glass of wine. Or, you know, some crown apple and some apple juice. Shout out to my girl, Brooke. And wrap gifts under the tree. Get a little litty. No matter how lit your baby boy might get, I am a professional rapper. Ain't nobody touching my rap game, okay? With my bows, my ribbons. Y'all ain't messing with that. But I still can't believe the Christmas holiday is here. It just snuck up on us, although we've been on lockdown and in a pandemic. You know, the days seem long, but this year has really gone by fast. And I can't believe that it is the week before Christmas. I'm excited for Christmas, but my Christmas is probably going to look a little different. Normally, I spend Christmas with Barb. We have a huge family gathering on Christmas Eve, but all of that has been canceled, you know, due to COVID. However, I'm willing to cancel it. So that we can have something next year. So that my family can be around next year. So I know a lot of you guys must be dealing with what I'm dealing with. The new normal of what it looks like. But it makes us really kind of like take in what is really important. The fact that, you know, you can call your family. The fact that I can call my mom. The fact that, you know, that they're still here present on this earth. So I know it is difficult because, you know, I'm going through a hard time. But we just have to be grateful for what we have. And with it being the week of Christmas, baby boy, I had a busy weekend. I have a busy week ahead of me. I, you know, first of all, I still got to work, even though I don't want to work. I got to answer these emails, answer these calls. I'm like, don't y'all know it's the week of Christmas? Like, why are y'all calling? And then, you know, baby boy Wendell wanted to do a photo shoot for his company, Beave. You know, they're getting ready to launch um, some new things. And so he wanted some updated photos. And you know, your baby boy had to be up in there looking fresh, looking clean. I had to continue to track down some of my holiday gifts. I literally, I don't know about you guys, but I canceled some of my orders and just went to the actual store to pick them up. So it's just a busy week. It's a happy time. It's like I wanted to hurry up and get here, but I also want to like kind of enjoy it. But it's hard to enjoy it because it's like not how I'm used to enjoying it. But I just really want to be grateful. And despite it all, I'm going deck the halls. Oh, I'm really excited for this week's episode. So let me just give you the rundown real quick. You know, we have the church announcements. And this week, I welcome Carrie Lachlan of HGTV's Extreme Makeover Home Edition. We get to talk about how she got into design. She gives the Purple Pants Posse some budget design hacks that, listen, we all could use. I'm so excited to have her on the podcast. So it is a great segment. And I got my girl, Brooke Cam High. We are covering the season finale of Amazing Race. I don't want it to end, but... We got to cover it. We got the Purple Pants Picks and Freak of the Week, baby. So make sure you are decking the halls. Make sure you got your Christmas lights on. Put your Santa hat on. Light the menorah. Get ready for Kwanzaa because we getting into these church announcements. Welcome to church. Welcome to church. It's a church announcement so now. Welcome to church. 
This week on the church announcement, I just have one short, simple message, and I really want to encourage my Purple Pants Posse or anyone that is listening that during this holiday season, it is a time of joy. It's a time of love, but also this time of year can bring sadness to people. You know, they are celebrating the holidays without loved ones that have gone on or, you know, even given this year, it is just definitely a different type of holiday. So I really want to encourage everyone that is listening to reach out to your friends, to your families, to people that you haven't talked to. Just really reach out and just spread the holiday cheer, spread some love because you just never know what somebody is going through you never know how you might reaching out to them could really brighten up their day even if it's your most cheeriest friends reach out to them even if it's a friend you haven't talked to in years but they've been on your mind just let this holiday season let this time of year just spread the love it doesn't have to be any rhyme or reason just literally scroll through your phone and be like oh i haven't talked to boop 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 in a long time reach out and just spread some love it really could do a world of difference and especially in this time that we're in our country's so divided and you know everybody want to say their opinion everybody want to say this but listen how about we lead with love let's deck the halls with love and that's really what I want to just make sure I put on the church announcements because it's just been on my heart and I know that this time of year is supposed to be filled with cheer and, and good and goodwill. But I can remember a time working for the National Suicide Hotlines around this time. And we would just get so many phone calls of people that felt lonely, felt like they were a burden to someone. So I think that it's just so important for us to do our part and reach out. So if you could do that for me, I would greatly appreciate it. Now let's get into this menu. It's a man who is a menu. Me and potatoes like we're cooking up a great stew. It's a man who is a menu. Me and potatoes like we're cooking up a great stew. Keeping the menu rolling. I am so excited for this guest, guys. You know, first of all, here on the Purple Pants Podcast, you know our posse streams very wide. The stretch, who listens, who I know, you just never, ever, ever know. So I am so honored to have my friend, Carrie Lachlan, come onto the podcast. You may know her from HGTV Extreme Makeover Home Edition or Hotel Impossible. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I feel like we've been talking about this and now it's happening. I know. I've, I've like, so first of all, I'm like, wait, you want to come on my, you want to talk to me? You, are you, are you sure, girl? I want to hang out and have tea with you every day since I've met you and we just COVID and we just can't do it. I'm like, come uh, over. Let's have tea. Let's talk. Let's hang out. Uh, I would, that would be my dream. <laughs> so I'm so excited to have you though, seriously, because so I don't, was it, I want to say this summer, but it probably wasn't even the summer. Was it this fall? Or because I get the seasons all mixed up. It but, was, yeah, it was summerish. It was summerish, late right. summer. I feel right. So this late summerish, fall, whatever, because the <laughs> 2020 seems like a decade. Okay, so for all things purposes, it could have been 10 years ago because that's how it feels. 
<laughs> but I got the honor and privilege to meet Carrie. Uh, her and Wendell were working on a special project. And, you know, of course, you know me. I'm like, oh, I want to come. And when Wendell told me who he was working with, I'm like, wait, you mean Carrie from HGTV Extreme Makeover? And he's like, yes. I'm like, oh, my God. I got I want to come on set and I want to, like, meet her. And I, you probably don't remember, but when I, like, pulled into the set and I had text with him, I'm like, I'm here. He's like, I'm with Carrie. I bring her over. I was like, but no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> and so my hi to you was so weird because I was like, hi. But I really was so nervous to meet you. Yeah, you're crazy. I do think I remember you changing your shirt. Yes! Like you got out of the car and you were in one shirt and you did like one of those I'll be right with you moments and then you were in a different outfit. Yes, I I, I had to let you know. I was, you know, I wanted you to meet this <laughs> the baby boy. And so, you know, I got to really work with Wendell and Carrie. They were working on uh this project where they had to like transform a room and it was just so interesting and I just, first of all, if, I'm like a people watcher. So I really wish if I were a superhero, I know you're like, where the hell is he going? Sorry, I'm crazy. So I'm all over the place. I love it. But if I were a superhero, despite the, to be able to fly, cause everyone would want to fly, the power I would want would be to be invisible. I, like, I'm just such a people watcher and I wish that, like, I could just be invisible and, like, sit in the mall and just watch people all day. It's, like, the funnest thing for me. It is a good pastime. And so for me, I was on team, uh, Beeve kind of helping Wendell with whatever that he needed help. But the best part, honestly, for me was to watch you in your element. Um, and just to see you design and to see like what the actual space started from and then what it transformed into and again for me which was one of my favorite parts was I think it was like maybe the night before the reveal and like we were all there like super super late and it's like crunch time when like you know all Mm -hmm. of the like he he ha 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 is gone and it's like bitch move on my way bring that table in like that I just I I loved seeing you in action I've never actually but outside of Wendell actually saw a designer really just you looking at a room, grasping something, moving something. It, it just was so. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't even know a word to describe it. But it was literally like watching an artist paint, like how you would move something, how you would tweak something. And at first, I'm like, "Girl, what is she doing?" But then, when you would look at, I'm like, "Oh my god!" So I guess one of the questions is like, "How did you get into design?" Oh my gosh! First of all, thank you for all those awesome uh, moments and things that you said. You, you know, I got into design um, because I was a professional dancer. I had been a professional dancer for gosh, decades. And I was in the middle of touring with Mariah Carey. Oh, 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 <laughs> yes. fly, Mariah Carey. Um, uh, emancipation oh, of me. Not, emanci- not, not emancipation to meet me. In my opinion, the best album, but oh, yeah. So we belong together. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, okay. Ooh, sorry. Okay. Oh. So I had I had just done New Year's Eve with Mariah Carey. We did like Dick Clark rocking New Year's Eve. It was the biggest moment of my dance career. And when I got done with it, I was like, okay, well, I feel like I'm ready for that next phase in my life. And I was like, what is that next phase? I didn't quite know what it was. I was doing commercial acting at the time and I was doing a ton of comedy improv and I was really into that. And I was bartending and I was like, I know I'm going to continue bartending, but I also want to put another skill set in my basket, so to speak. So I said, I sat there. I was like, what am I good at? Like, what was I good at as a child? And I was like, organization. So 
at that time, I went onto Craigslist, looked up professional organizers, found this, randomly found this girl who was leaving California, because I was living in Los Angeles at the time, was leaving Los Angeles, and she had these huge clients, like Carrie Ann Moss from The Matrix, and these oh. agents, and these artists, and all these other people, but she was leaving, so she was looking for someone to take over her client list. So I was like, hey, I can do that. So I took over her client list, and then word kind of got out, and my husband and I, boyfriend at the time, bought a really bad house like it was like the house on the block where you're like maybe we could afford that (laughs) (laughs) and like it was intense like our garage was um it was set up to do private stripping shows it was full out it was so so full out there was like like, private stripping shows like you stripping a car or like like people would roll up to the alley the gate would open and this woman would bring in her clients and she would have like four of her friends and the neighbors were like she would make like 10 grand in one weekend and it was a full bar um there was like stadium seating there was four poles it was full out so oh carrie i might need you to take a look at my garage when (laughs) we get done so we transformed that house like i transformed that house while i was being an organizer and was like oh wait i think i'm actually a designer and then word of mouth kind of got out and it was just people were like oh i hear you're organizing and i hear this and i hear that and then i started to get these random clients like my take Garcia, who was uh, Prince's first wife. And I started organizing her and then I'd be start shifting things in her house. And then the next thing I know, she was like, do you want to design this room for me? And it kind of just snowballed from there. And then I, before I knew it, I had my own business and I was hopping around to like from Tommy Lee's house to like... Oh. And then, like, to my neighbors who were just like, hey, can you come in here? And do-? I was like, sure, you know? So it was a, a mixed bag of helping my friends and learning along the way and then figuring it out while I'm in Tommy Lee's house or Maite's house, like, in the moment, figuring it out. So That is so... Oh, my God. I could, I could listen to you talk all day. That's so <laughs> amazing. But I guess a question that I have for you, as an organizer, and you're coming in to organize someone's house, what do you find or do you feel like is the most I don't even know the the question that I want to ask it's like what holds people back from being organized the most mm, do you, do you that's find- a good question I feel like people don't ask that question enough Bryce I really feel like that is where I started and I went from doing you know organizing someone's garage and organizing someone's closet to working with people who had really serious like deaths in the family or sicknesses in the family or some sort of traumatic event that happened in the family and they couldn't work through it so I kind of had these split clients where some were really serious. And then others, I was like, well, now that I understand like that this disorganization came from a mother passing away mm. and her daughter, you know, inheriting all these things and not being able to go through it because the pain is so bad. I can now look at the client that I thought that was just quote unquote messy and say, oh, no, 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 no. It This is messy because you hoard things because you hold on to things because I mean, even in the case of my husband, he's first generation. So when his mom came here, she's from she's from Taiwan. She keeps everything. Mm. She keeps everything. And at first I was doing that whole, you know, get rid of everything. Da, da, da. And then when I start to hear the stories of why she keeps everything, the layers get deeper and deeper and deeper. So normally when I walk into someone's house and it's disorganized, it depends on the level. Like it's either you're really busy and you just have so much going on and you're not prioritizing your space and understanding psychologically what being disorganized can really do to you, or it's like really deep. 
It's like a deep level of we need to figure out why you have this control thing that you're holding on to these things or why or how we can close something because the pain is so deep that you can't let these things go. Mm. And I've been with clients that like, I mean, I've packed up some people's wedding china, you know, then been like, okay, let's pack this up and put this over here. And then like in two weeks, they're like, I cannot tell you what getting the wedding china out of my house has done for me. So it's it's a very good question. More people should ask themselves why they are so disorganized when they're disorganized. Right. So that, to me, that sounds like a therapist. Like you got to add mm-hmm. that to your wheelhouse because it's like, yeah, you can't just come into someone's house and be like, get rid of this, get rid of that, get rid of this. But it's more about understanding the per like, because you can organize somebody's house and you leave and it's going to go right back to where it was. And so I guess I never thought about it like that. It's more about understanding, mm-hmm. like, I guess what their need is and understanding why it is that it is this way. Because obviously I can come in and organize and fix it up. But if you aren't realizing how you got here, then there really is no point because it will ultimately go back to where that it is. 100%. And then you have to give them a system that actually works. Because, you know, we see on, on uh, social media or on TV and it's like, we label everything and everything's a pretty color and we put everything. And I'm like, that does not work. Like, I don't organize my house that way. Like, that doesn't work for everyone. Like, not everyone likes their things done this way. So you also have to learn kind of the psyche of the person and how they live their day-to-day life. So there's certain people who won't put things away every day. So I'm like, here's a cheat chair. Throw everything on this chair. And then every Monday, you have to put it away. And if you don't, like your life will start to become overwhelming. So it is, it's, it's a dance. It's a complete and total dance with a client. And I would imagine, cause I'm now, now I'm so interested. Um, <laughs> I would imagine you would have to have like a, a walkthrough or like before I can even accept this job, I need to actually come meet you and I need to like walk mm-hmm. through your house and see it. Mm-hmm. And, and I need for you to follow me because I need to be like, well, what is this? Why, like mm-hmm. that? that and then you have to be careful that you can get them, you know, they, they've got to come on the walk with you. They've got to come on the ride with you and they have to be willing. So you, it's a very fine line of never wanting anyone to feel ashamed, but also showing somebody that like this isn't necessarily the best way to live. And it's not always that deep. Sometimes it's just like, oh, you had you went and had three children right. and <laughs> you just put everything in boxes in your garage and now you just can't get to it. Like, you know, you know what I mean? It's it's right. But it's still even that is a loss of a part of someone's life. And you're like, you lost your singlehood and it's in boxes in the corner of your closet. Like, so let's figure it out. But yes, it is a definite there's a walkthrough and there is a moment where you have to get them to come on board with you. Otherwise, you won't be able to help them. So the most important part, in my opinion, of being an organizer is being able for my client to see that I see their story, because once Mm. they see that I see it, they'll open up to me and then we'll be laughing. Like we'll be laughing and it could involve like, honestly, it has involved dead people. It has involved heartbreak. It is, it can involve so many things, but if you can get them laughing whilst like editing their life, you you've won. Like you, you've gotten to a place where you're actually helping them. Yeah. It's, I, I never really thought as organizing as it's almost like life coaching in a way. I never, I never made that, that connection before until literally just now in this conversation, because it's like, it literally is like you are, 
are, like you said, like a mother with three kids and like, mm-hmm. you know, the stuff that is away or could be cluttersome. It's like your singlehood. And so yes. that they're like subconsciously like leaving it that way or don't want to deal with it because it, it is hard. And sometimes you need that outside person to come in and be like, get it together. Mm-hmm. Or like, this <laughs> is unhealthy or this is, I, I know for myself, like I'm weird. Like I'm, I'm very organized and I'm very clean, but I like have to allow, because literally I, for... <laughs> I'm going to age myself. Although I just like to say I'm in my early to late 20s to early 30s. Yeah. But my fun like on a Friday night has become have a couple glasses of wine and clean my house. Like, I don't know when I became Grandpa Bryce, but mm-hmm. that's what I like to do. And it's funny because I I will sometimes allow my house to get messy just so that like I've got something to do on a Friday. I know that sounds weird. Don't judge me. Um, <laughs> but it's, a- it's very cathartic, right? Because when yes. you're done, you've, you've completed something and that having that completion of, of like, I'm going, I'm looking at this mess. And then especially if you have a little wine buzz, it's even better. But then <laughs> you turn back around and it's completed. You've accomplished something you've given yourself. And especially right now, like us all being in our home so much more, I think having anything that you can feel like you've accomplished something within your home, whether it's straightening a picture or finally like painting that lamp that you've been wanting to spray paint, like any little detail in your home that you can accomplish is such a huge deal right now. Yes. And especially for me, I had a couple too many glasses of wine. I wake up the next morning like, who the hell cleaned my house? <laughs> like, like what thank the- you. Yes. Thank you. Now, I have a, a random question for you as an organizer. Where is or what is the most unorganized part of your house? I'm pretty organized. Uh, my house stays pretty organized. <laughs> I would say, oh gosh, I don't. My pajama drawer. Oh, my pajama drawer. Like if okay. I have to pick something, my pajama drawer. Okay, so oh, that's a good one. I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. What um do you now? Do you have a junk drawer? I do not have a junk drawer, although I grew up with a junk drawer and I loved it. I have junk baskets, though. Like, I have, like, a basket at the front door and then a basket in the kitchen and then, like, a basket for the mail. So, like, those three little baskets get things where you can just kind of throw them in and then every now and then They're not junk baskets, Carrie, if they organize and got (laughs) where they're supposed to be at. But, see, I guess that was a trick question, okay? That's how I knew he was a real organizer, okay? I was trying to test you. So, how did you... You make the jump to becoming on HGTV Home Edition Extreme Makeover. It was, it was uh, yeah, it was a big one. So I was in LA. I was I was dancing and doing commercial work and things like that, and had my business, my design and organizing business, Gidge Living. And then when my husband and I um, knew we were going to have a baby, we knew we wanted to raise him on the East Coast. So we shipped ourselves all the way back to New Jersey. And then when I was here, I was kind of like, well, I have my business, but my business was all word of mouth. And then I had the entertainment part of my business, which I was like, I'm going to I'm going to move on from it. And then about after a year, I was like, well, this doesn't make any sense. How am I going to make money? So I went up to New York and got an agent. And then I, a couple weeks later, I ended up on Hotel Impossible, oh. which was my first like design show on television where I learned everything in the world. And then I was on that for a couple years. And then it went into hiatus and I was kind of casting back and forth. And so many shows would come up and I would be screaming on the other end, like, I just really want the shows to be about helping people. And they'd be like, yeah, yeah, it's not. And I'm like, oh, but it should be. <laughs> So when Extreme Makeover came up, um, Extreme Makeover Home, I always get it wrong too. I've gotten it wrong in so many like interviews. I'm like, oh, I'm saying this wrong. Um, when Extreme came up, 
I kind of knew that it was my show. Like when mm. that casting came in, it was the casting where they were like, we, it needs to, you have to be this, 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 and this. And I was like, well, I check off all these boxes. So it was, it was like a six month process mm. of getting into that show. And it was really just a, and an, any other casting that comes through, like if you're in the entertainment business for a commercial or acting or, you know, in the design business, you kind of live in this weird world where you're jutting in between actual design projects. And then if you work on television, television projects. So it was just a casting. And lo and behold, like all of my life's uh, dreams come true, came true on doing that show for sure. That That's so crazy. That's so inspirational that it's just like, you know when it's right and when you sometimes you you gotta get to where you know it's right but you know when you find your or you just know when you're supposed to be where yes. i can't even talk where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be you'll know that you're there yes and and you know what the other great thing was is you'll you'll also know that the heartache of all the other things mm. that you didn't get or you thought you should have gotten and you didn't get were meant to be and i think that was one of the biggest things for extreme because if i would have landed any other of the castings that i had been going on for like two years between Hotel Impossible and Extreme, if I landed any one of those, even for two seconds, even if I was on 15 seconds of one of those shows, chances are I wouldn't have been on Extreme. Mm. So it's, it was a really huge lesson for me to like believe in myself, keep pushing, believe that I can join design, humor, joyfulness, and helping people. It doesn't always have to be about a pretty backsplash. It can be about helping people. And all of those other things where I was like, how come, how come it's never me? They're never picking right, me. Right. Like it all paid off. <laughs> that, yeah. And that's the story of a lot of people's lives. And yes. Like sometimes you, I always believe like what is meant for you is meant for you and that no one can take that from you. And sometimes you have to go through the struggle of not getting something uh, because one, if you get something that's not meant for you, like then the grand scheme of things, it it won't pan out it to won't. be right. So I, that's that's so amazing. The next question I have is, what is it like right now as an organizer and a designer in COVID? Like what? Mm -hmm. Like I, I'm a, I would. We always hear about the restaurant industry and a lot of these industries that are, you know, just I, I don't want to use the term failing, but just struggling right mm -hmm. now. And I don't think we really hear about like designers or organizers. And I, I would think that your profession is like majorly impacted it is and it's impacted when i was it's impacted in a unique way of how we're doing business i think that's the largest way and on the level that we're doing business because i don't people aren't necessarily 100 gutting their houses and trying to do a full renovation right now but so many people are concentrating on how to make their house a better home and right. how to make it more functional and how to make it now work with remote learning and everyone working from home and then just being like it making you happy because we're in it so much more so my 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 clients as far as large projects i would say up until just a couple of weeks ago because i'm now working on a large hotel project but before yes. that it was it was a lot of what we call e-design which luckily I had been doing during extreme because I had left all of my clients here and I was traveling. So it's a lot of show me pictures of your room, show me videos, let's have face to, you know, FaceTime chats and what are we missing? And then let's order this out and then you do it yourself. Wow. So it's, it's, um, it's really about pivoting in the time right now. Um, so for me, that's how it's impacted. I'm not doing as much organizing 
because organizing is really one-on-one and it's right. I have to be in your house and in your, the way I do it. I'm sure other people do it a different way, but for me personally, it's about the personal interaction. So I have not been organizing at all, just my own home, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but design, I I've been lucky enough to like still be designing and I do, I do staging for people selling their homes. Oh. So that's been a big uh, that's still there because so many people have been, you know, buying homes and selling homes during this time. But yeah, it's all different. Everything's through this computer, you know? Yeah. And it's just crazy. But I always, I think that this time is definitely a hard time. But I, I feel like I'm always trying to look at life with my glass half full mm-hmm. and not half empty. And I feel like, you know, because it's not how we're used to it, we can sit and complain and blah, blah, or it's literally forcing us to pivot. It's forcing us to think outside of the box. And a lot of the times people just get so comfortable with just like, I'm going to, how I do it is the like, the only way to do it. And a lot of the times, like the one thing that is certain in life is change. And so mm-hmm. it's either you're going to change with the times or, or you're going to get left behind. So I, I love that about you being able to be so flexible. And I think that it just attests to your hard work and dedication. Um, now, the next thing I got is specifically for my Purple Pants Posse. Now, I don't know about a lot of people, but I'm I'm on a budget, okay? I don't, <laughs> you know, I like designer things at a discounted price, okay? Mm-hmm. So, are there any tips that you could possibly share with my Purple Pants Posse on, like, if you want to spruce up a room or if you are trying to, like, make some changes, but on a budget, you know, make it look high end on a budget. Absolutely. I Everything I do is on a budget because I always say go to Hawaii, like save your money. I know that's not the designer thing that I'm supposed to say, but I'm, I am always like, nope, don't do it. Save your money, save your money. One of the big things that I tell my clients and on my friends, like just anyone right now is what I call shop your home. So if the room that you're in or your living room or whatever it is, is just boring you to tears, like go around your house and start pulling things from other rooms. So literally grab a chair, grab a little table, grab a picture, a pillow, and then think outside the box. Like you just said, maybe you have a rug that you got that was too thin or just wasn't working with the room. And now that rug can become, you know, drape it over a headboard. And now that headboard becomes something else. Or you really want sconces like ever you see right now, like on either side of your headboard, but you, you just, you know, you can't do that right now. So maybe you have two standing lamps in your house and you can create the vibe of a sconce. But I always say shop your home first because if you're looking for something just to break up the mood and the monotony a lot of times you can grab a little throw from your bedroom and throw it into your living room or vice versa and then see where you can do simple DIYs like spray paints my best friend so if something is bothering you and every time you wake up you're staring at it fix it so if there's a frame color that you don't like or a lamp color that you don't like or you look at something on social media and you wish you had it and it's a I mean I look at paintings all the time and paintings are crazy. They're like $1,500 for a painting. And I'm like, I wonder if I could just take a piece of canvas and paint that painting. Like, (laughs) I have paint samples in my garage. Like, can I just slap some paint on a on on a, you know, a piece of wood and throw it up on the wall? Yes, you can do you can do all of that. It's it's kind of you know, for lack of better words, it's like, just be a little ballsy, like, just try it, like, go out there. And if there's something that's, that's catching your eye, see if you can make it in your house. Do you think people or in your experience are scared of trusting themselves in the change? Like, my God, I'm gonna, this is gonna be a mess. I need a designer. And do you find that like, if 
people were to be like, no, like you actually can design, like you can actually do something. You, I, My opinion is my opinion. I just, I think that sometimes people are just scared yes. to take that like like you said be ballsy like yeah. you know it's your house like who like who it's do and here's the best want. part Bryce no <laughs> one's coming to your house right now so now's the perfect time like so if if no one's coming to your house and you've always wanted you know you have these paints in the you know on the side that you used for something and now it's just sitting there like you've always wanted to paint a wall black or put a big square on it or you've seen these cool things on social media like just literally try it and also it's very therapeutic like Here's an example. I'm crafty, but I'm not that crafty. And during the election, I needed some time to like for my brain to be Mm. quiet. So I, for the very first time, used, um, I wallpapered like my nook in my kitchen. I didn't go fancy. I got my wallpaper from like Home Depot. Like I did not go fancy at all. It's peel and stick. It's basically contact paper. And as I was putting it up, I was like, I'm either going to love this or I can take it down. Like I didn't spend that much money where it's going to break me. And, you know, it's it's locally sourced down the street. So if I need more, I can go get it. I think a lot of times there's so many options on, and there's so much being thrown at us through social media, especially with our homes, that we can get into like what I call keeping up with the Instagram Joneses. <laughs> and uh, when you get in that hole, you get stuck. So I always tell someone, if you want to do something in your house, just do it. And if that means taping up a piece of border on the wall to see if you like it, tape it up, go get some scotch tape and tape it. Yes. You giving me encouragement. Yes, Bryce. I, yes. You have to show me pictures of your I, house. Now. I what am. Are you doing? Like, literally, I, like, <laughs> while you're talking, I am like, so I, like, in my bedroom, my bedroom is like pretty plain, um, in which I like it. I, I, like, I wanted an open kind of like, what's the minimalist in mm-hmm. my bedroom? Because mm-hmm. I'm, as you know, very colorful. And I, um, so my bedroom is like rather all plain. It's all black and I have like accents of white. And I don't really have like a headboard the way my bed is shaped it's like a, a funky looking bed so and i feel like my bed is the centerpiece but mm-hmm. there's like this wall and i'm like ah, i really want like a painting i really want like an abstract painting and so i always like look at like online and like in stores and like paintings and they're like seven thousand dollars and i always mm-hmm. send it to my mom like christmas question mark and my mom's like yeah 2020 2048 i'm like oh but and i've been just like thinking like why can't i just get a piece of canvas and do it myself but i am also myself is like bitch you're not a painter you can't paint but but you don't know that have you ever done it when have you ever have you painted i mean in fourth grade i did draw (laughs) a turtle that listen was hung up on the hallways you have talent that turtle is telling you that you have talent so yeah it's like literally like i'm like oh my god i think after we do this interview i'm going to go to the art store and just play around with it and i i was thinking about that for a while but i'm like it's gonna look tacky it's gonna look cheap like but no i don't just this conversation just really inspired me and here's the thing about i'm so happy here's the thing about paint you can paint over it another great way is to go to your like local you know like i don't know if we're allowed to say like names of I already said Home Depot. So, yeah. But like go to your go to your home goods or your, you know, your marshals or something like that. And like find the picture that's off, that's on clearance because it's horrible, and take that home and paint over that. <gasps> Then you take that home and paint over that. And here's the best thing about paint. So you paint over it and you don't like it. Paint over it again. The only thing you're doing is adding layers. So instead of it looking like it's something that was printed out of a, you know, an inkjet printer, you're creating texture and layers. So you, you can't lose. And now I need to see the picture that you create oh, this weekend. My, first of all, I, oh. 
Ooh, Carrie! I, I never it. thought about that before. I t- I'm about saving money, Bryce. Always, I'm about <laughs> saving money. And if I need a certain canvas size, and I, look, the, the art stores can get expensive when you go in and look Girl. at those canvases, and they're not framed or anything. They're just canvases. And then you can go down the street to like, you know, Marshalls or Home Goods, and you find the one that's, you know, I don't know, somebody painted somebody and it's got a, a, a weird something to it, and nobody wants it. It's been sitting there and then you just take that home and paint right over top of their canvas oh my god girl (laughs) okay y'all she a real designer designer oh my god it's like oh my god can that okay let me just stop being in awe that is the that is the smartest thing I just heard. Oh my God, ever. That is a great idea because, mind you, because you know, I peruse the Marshalls mm-hmm. and the Rosses and the TJs and I be, and mind you, sometimes the paintings that I do be liking, um, I, I can't even talk, paintings that I do like, they are like for Marshalls price, like, you know, a little expensive, but you're right. There always is that like weird clearancy mm-hmm. one that's like $9.99. I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. And then you can find, I mean, if you're into gallery walls, you find all the different ones that you, that are on clearance. Put them all up on a wall and just pick a color scheme so if your room is black and white you pick black and white and pick one third color maybe something that either grounds it or pops it so if it's grounding you pick like a warm brown or or like a deep deep purple like an eggplant or if you want to pop it you pick you know that kind of rusty orange or something like that so you can pop so you add one color and then you're pulling your whole room together plus adding that third element Girl, I am going to Marshall's today. You have oh. to show me, though. That's the rule. You, I, you have to show me if you do this. Yes. Because I, too, want to do it. I haven't done it yet, but I have all this paint. And I do I do have a, a canvas that I got that was very affordable. And I'm wanting to do it. I just, I haven't done it yet. So yes. and we'll I have love to that. show and tell Yeah, oh, other. girl, listen, you're going to be like, oh, my God, if Bryce texts me one more time. No, because, <laughs> like, I love what you said, that even if it's, like, disgusting and you're like, oh, my God, this is horrible. You're right. Paint over it. Create mm-hmm. a layer. Create, like, text texture to it oh my god that is so bomb Kelly yes okay sorry (laughs) oh I cannot girl you just you literally just changed the trajectory of my day and this is why I knew having you on the podcast would be so amazing I knew you were amazing when I met you I knew you was amazing before I met you when I googled you I said oh my god that's her so (laughs) thank you so much Carrie for this advice this love I feel like first of all for this therapy session okay um before we go where can the people follow you if they want to know if they want to see more of the carrot where where can they follow you at you can follow me at carrie and it's spelled like the scary movie or sex in the city whichever one you want to pick c-a-r-r-i-e and then it's lachlan spelled like the lock l-o-c-k and then l-y-n and i'm always down because i love it like if if you have questions and you're trying to come up with something you can ask my followers like you send me a picture in your d like in my dm and i'll get back to you like i love just if you're literally like i don't know if i should paint this blue or purple or pink or whatever send it over to me and i will get back to you and i'm always trying to put up little tiny like snippets of design advice and letting people know that you know not everyone's house has to be instagram fabulous yes we're not keeping up with those instagram joneses no it's too hard you guys we keeping up with the the ross and the marshalls joneses that's where we're at (laughs) so before i let you go carrie can i get you on air and on live to maybe agree to come back in the spring and we can talk some like what's popping in the spring and what where we at let's do a a carrie check-in in the spring for my purple pants posse i would absolutely love that i would be honored ah 
Carrie, it's been so amazing. I cannot wait to talk to you soon. And I hope you have a happy holiday. And also, you can go to Carrie Page for designs and all that stuff too. But also, if you want to see like cuteness and over love overload, Carrie family is so cute. Her son is, okay, the cutest. <laughs> so I'm just saying, if you need a little joy in your life, make sure you follow Carrie, okay? But it's Bradshaw for me if we talk of sex in the city, okay? <laughs> Maybe Samantha though. Okay, that's it. But thank you so much, Carrie. I can't wait to talk to you soon and have a happy holiday. Thank you so much, Bryce. Happy holiday. And keeping the menu rolling, trying to fight back my tears because uh. it means we have come to an end of watching my very, very first season watching it completely but I really feel like the renewal well not even the renewal but the the bonding of Brooke and I's relationship it's really not just a podcast for us I really love the fact that I get to spend this virtual time with my Brookie Poo but uh welcome Miss Brooke back to the podcast hey Brookie Poo hey how are you this makes me I'm not happy I'm I mean I'm happy because I'm talking to you but this is like the end of a very short era so um i'm gonna try and hold back the tears do my best to not be like james and hold back the tears <laughs> yes well i in watching this episode i really thought in my mind because now every time i watch the episode i always like i have like a brook that sits on my shoulder <laughs> and um I'm, I'm sorry like- nobody should have that no i love it i, I wish you could sit on my shoulder every day oh. but i really felt like you would have enjoyed this episode. I felt like this encompassed everything that Brooke said that she wants that you like. In- you know, you always say that. You think I would enjoy the episode, and then I go, "Well, <laughs> I, I thought this was a hard episode." No, no, no. I thought- no I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hate on this episode. I can't. I can't. I love this show so much. I cannot hate on the episode. It was. It was. It. It was. It was what it was, and now it's done. But yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, mm. I I thought again, you know, I always think if this was me and Wendell, I think <laughs> that this this we would have killed this. I thought that, but I, I I just really thought that this was a great whole experience. I thought there was nothing in this that I couldn't do. I would have been really excited, well, but I, I loved it. So like, kick us off. Like, what's the tea? What happened this? But week? that's kind of the point. You just there's nothing in this that we couldn't do. It just uh, seemed a little bit water. Like, you know, okay, fine. Let's this season on the Amazing Race. Here we go. So three se- three teams formed an early bond, and as the race hit a million miles, eight teams were eliminated. So we got Nathan and Cody, Kelly and Levon, boo by the way, Jerry and Frank also boo, Michelle and Victoria, super boo. We have Leo and Alana, who you love to hate, Kaylin and Haley, who we should all strive to be like, um, Aparna and Eswar, who I'm not sure if he ever slid into your DMs, but he should, and. D'Angelo and Gary, one of whom is a superstore loser in a poor sport, and the other of whom is, you know, Gary. Um, they all fi- fall by the wayside, and the Amazing Race Alliance Edition come to an end, which is a tearjerker. So, Bryce, let's dive in for one last time and yes. talk the season finale of the Amazing Race 32. Yes. Here. Uh, so, the teams are going from the Philippines to New Orleans, which I love. What a cool city for a finale. What a city with history and style and music, and I am excited. I think it's going to be a great finale, and I may have, you know, oversold my unhappiness, because I'm not unhappy. I love this show. I'm going to try not to be grumpy. It's my favorite show. It's not the team's fault that the challenges were a little meh, but... So here we go. So the Beards talk about winning the last three legs in a row. 
I, I, I mean, they were helped. They were basically handed a couple of those wins. So, you know, Ooh, cough, cough, whatever. Well, you know my feeling about them. I don't know. I, I watch some behind the scenes stuff and then I like them more, but then I don't like how they're cocky, but I sort of, I like how it ended. So I'm okay with it. Will and James want to share these memories with the kids that they're going to adopt in the oh. future. And my heart is warm because I mean, you know how it ended, but we'll get there. And I just, I love them. And Hung and she, Hung talks about how this race reminded her why she fell in love with Chi, and they're yes. adorable. And this is the honeymoon they never had. And they're just, I, I'm okay if they win too. So I'm sitting here two thirds of the way excited for, for a winner and excited to watch the show because I love it. But knowing that season 33 shut down partway through, I know there's not another season of The Amazing Race in the can. So for, for me, this is going to be, or for everyone, this is a long while until we hopefully see this show ever again. Um, we will, what do you think? Yeah. The, the Survivor fans is right there with you because, you know, uh, season 41 has not taken place yet. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it will soon. But what did I think about what? the About New Orleans. Is it a city that you've been to? Do you love it? Do you know so it? it? I, I've never been to New Orleans. And actually, uh, I was supposed to go to New Orleans this like well spring of 2020 but because of rona i wasn't able to go so i haven't yet to be there i've always wanted to go in fact me and my mom um two years ago we're supposed to go to the essence festival but i don't oh. i don't know what happened i think she like but she double booked me and her and her husband had went to aruba but no i i, I did not want to go but i have to, i was dying when phil was uh describing like new orleans and like their first task about having to get the bees and when phil started dancing I was mm-hmm. like, okay, baby boy, you better wind them hips. Wind them hips. I was like, okay, Phil. Phil's got rhythm. He does. Okay. And he, like I told you, he does all of the tasks, or at least most of the tasks. So I like that he gets in it. When you, when they're not racing, I know that he has conversations with fans who show up. He dances around. He's not one of those people who hides off to the side. He's very personable. I love that. I love him. I think he's the greatest host in television. So the teams arrive in New Orleans, and they take taxis to this Louis Armstrong Park. The Beards are in trouble from the start. Yeah, it's, uh, so this is what kind of killed me about the Beards, and I hate to just cut you off, was no, that it, it was true. And I guess this is one thing that I really do like about the amazing race in the sense that it is not only do you need to be prepared, not only do you need to be like good at things, but it truly is the luck to of be the draw. Lucky, right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, because it was like, they did not, like, I mean, none, I, I don't really feel like any of the teams this episode really, like, messed up. Um, right. But it really was like your taxi driver. Well, Bryce, when your taxi driver says they know a shortcut, mm-mm, be like, mm-mm, no, thank you. Just go the regular way. Because they the don't main, know a shortcut. Main way. Right. right. They yes. don't know Take- a shortcut. Take me the main way. Okay. Nobody knows the shortcut. If everyone knew the shortcut, the shortcut would be the way. So, anyway, Will has been to New Orleans before, so he kind of knows exactly where he's going, which, of course, causes Twitter to get mad because now they think Will and James have an unfair advantage, and that's absolutely ridiculous because that's ridiculous. Anyway, they go to this Mardi Gras party and have to collect 50 red and 50 gold necklaces. Lifting your shirt, not required, but two of the three teams decide to do that anyway. Um, Hung and Chi are in second. And then they head to Bourbon Street to get their beads. And the beards are lost in the dark in the streets looking for this park because their taxi driver knew but didn't know a shortcut. (laughs) Right. I'd have been pissed off. I'd have been like... Oh, my God. So angry. Especially because there was no way for... I mean, they didn't know at this point, but there was really no way for them to, to catch up. It was a very linear leg and... 
there wasn't a lot of room for switching, you know, lead positions. Right. Which, you know, is part of the issue I have with the loom. Oh, it's fine. Um, so, Hung and Chi show up to the Mardi Gras party. They're having fun. This seems like not super stressful. I remember our last leg, and we were on, like, high alert the entire time. They seem to be having fun. Maybe they just have more fun than we did in life. But just as you think the beards are out of it, they find the park, they get the clue, they book it to Bourbon Street, and they make up, like, a lot of time. They come right back into it. So everyone's kind of stressed, but not really stressed. And then Hung and Chi realize, so the, the, like, the marshal of the fake... I don't know, parade thing, has these necklaces on. And so you have to get your necklaces to match his. And he has only these big bead necklaces on. So everyone's putting on big and little beads. Hung and she realize they can't use the little beads. Will and James realize almost immediately thereafter that they can't use the little beads. I think, honestly, Bryce, I think this task would have been a lot better if they were either all on one big float fighting for the same necklaces. Mm. I mean, maybe it would have come to blows and I don't want anyone to get hurt but I think it would have made it more exciting if they were all in like one big I I, I kind of agree ring. with that because now you're not only like not all the beads that are thrown your way are yours like now right. you have to kind of sort of fight for them so no yes. okay I like okay bro come on EP come on executive producer <laughs> I'm just, I'm not looking for injury. I'm looking for excitement. So Will and James are the first out of this task. And we see the first roadblock, which just says, who will be left holding the baby? So, okay. Okay. What does that mean? I mean, I have been, I have eaten king cake. I have one of those people who unfortunately has bitten down on the baby. um, And they are very small, but they are very hard. So what you have to do is you had to look through a hundred plus of these king cakes, which are uh, New Orleans specials around Mardi Gras time and search through them for this tiny little couple inch long tiny plastic baby and then you have to eat a half dozen beignets and for anyone who doesn't know a beignet is kind of like a zeppoli or like a powdered fried dough mm. they're delicious mm. Del- mm. delicious mm. Mm. so this roadblock is at this cafe so teams have to put on these like washboard vest instruments and dance their ways through the street with a band to get to the cafe. It's super cute. Will and James are having a great time. I think I would have been like trying to get my band to move in double time, but they're kind of like <laughs> moseying. But they're in the lead and they seem happy and they seem like they're enjoying it. And it just doesn't seem to have the same, um, I don't know, stress level of a final leg, but maybe it'll get more stressful. We'll see. We'll see. So this is the roadblock where everything starts to come apart. Will, I'm sure you saw, found the baby like really quickly. They brought out extra pallets of cakes to look through. He didn't even have to go through all of them. He found his baby pretty fast. But then him and James struggle to eat these beignets. And I'm sitting Mm. here with who we're watching with. And we're all worried they're going to lose a million dollars because they can't eat a donut. And so we're getting nervous. Gobble, gobble, chop. L- listen, like I said, I would have done amazing on this challenge, okay? Throw them bad boys down my throat. <laughs> okay. Well, also, why don't, I mean, they could have drank water. I'm sitting here going, dunk it in the water, like Nathan's mm. hot dog style challenge. Like, they don't need to be delicious. They just need to get them down. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can totally just do it where you submerge the, the beignet and, you know, suck them down. They don't need to be oh. yummy. Will and James are totally pulling a brook, saying they can't do things as they're doing it, and I love them. I think they're fantastic. Poor Chi, though. <laughs> when you saw this, right? He's looking through all of his king cakes. He gets through all of them. He cannot find the baby. This baby is ass up on the table, but he doesn't see it. <laughs> Hung sees it, but despite her trying to like send him telepathic messages, 
that the baby is literally right in front of him. It takes him way too long to find it, and unfortunately, they just are consistently now behind. And then you have Madison, who's getting a bit frantic and goes through every one of his cakes, too, and can't find the baby. So the bottom line, is it a hard task? No. Is it a fun task? All right, sure. Yes, I'm into it. It's very vibrant. The people are into it. It's just not particularly finale. It reminded me a lot of, like, the bracelet task. Like, I felt like Mm -hmm. it was uh, another string of the luck type of thing, which I feel like is what was good for the final leg because it's like, you could have been in behind and then magically found the baby easily, or you could have been in first place. And so I just, I really felt like the challenges were really good because the, the movement of the placements could have fluctuated a could lot have. more. Yes. But. And I have no problem with this challenge. I think this challenge is interesting. One of the people I watched with actually lived in New Orleans for a while and said, why is nobody turning the cakes over? Apparently, if you turn a king cake over, you, you can, can usually see? see the baby in, oh. in the bottom. I didn't know this. And I don't know if production just did a really good job of hiding them. And, and I've never tried to see the baby through the bottom of the cake. So I don't know. This is just something that she said. It's not really important. It's just an anecdote. I know, I try. So, Will and Jane, write it down. If you ever have to find a baby in a king cake, flip that cake over and you should be able to see the baby. Now you know. If you don't know, now you know. (laughs) So... Sorry. Okay, so Will and James head to the to the convention center, and then they find the second roadblock, which I like. I like when there's two roadblocks in a leg. If your partner did the first one, you have to do the second one, which just says, take a swing at this roadblock. And I'm into this task, too. I like a, it's not particularly difficult, but it's finale worthy. You know, if you're afraid of heights or the dark or bridges or, I don't know, I guess that makes it hard. Child, now this is the one that I would have been freaking out on because it looks easy, um, but you just always forget when you get high up how high something is. And I would have been like, I can grab it, I can grab it, I can grab it. And I would have just been so nervous that I would have jumped, closed my eyes, and Mm -hmm. missed the dang ticket. Mm -hmm. So I definitely was like super nervous for everyone that did this. And I think that was the only way that lead was going to change here is if somebody missed the clue. Like Little Hung said that she has T-Rex arms, so if she had missed it, the other team would have had an opportunity to catch up. But for anyone who didn't see it, you had to sit on the edge of the bridge and lunge forward and grab a clue in midair and basically swing on a rope without dropping the clue. So Will and James are doing that, and while that's happening, she finds his baby, and then Hung and Chi just unhinge their jaws and take down this beignet (laughs) so fast. I actually thought they had a chance of getting to the bridge while Will and James... We're still there. But the way but, the edit is set up, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. So, the no, way. James jumps from the bridge. They rappel down. They get their clue before Hung and Chi even show up. So, you know, it's not that close. And while Hung and Chi are at the bridge, Madison finally finds the baby. But there's only, like, 16 minutes left of the episode at this point. So, we know so that they're out of it. Right. Yeah, I mean. And you are you can know, like, when like when Will um, and James left the bridge, you could see, like, the other two places. Like, you could literally see the other two cards hanging. So, you, I just felt like right. it, Will and uh, James had a huge advantage this episode. But, oh, I mean, huge. Cl- clearly editing was, like we going to make it a little closer. I mean, I think they tried, but there's only so much you can do if people don't show up at the same challenges at the same time. So Right. They're, right. They, they did what they could, and I give them credit. So Madison and Riley are eating beignets. Hung and she are rappelling down the bridge. And Will and James are now have to take this huge ball that looks like a globe 
and roll it down to Mardi Gras World, which is the largest float design place in the world. Very cool. I am ready for a super hard last task. Like, I'm ready for it. I'm thinking, take your globe ball, place decals of all the countries you went to in the right spots, or place the face of the greeter who, who I don't know, met you in each country on where the country oh. would be on the globe. Or Child, take a I'm sensing shade, honey. I'm, I'm getting shade, honey. Bryce, this is a huge warehouse. Search this warehouse for tiny items you use in each leg of the... Do something Something that that is race specific, right? So I, I will okay. So I will agree with Spicy Brookie that uh. I felt like them just finding one chest and putting it together was a little easier. I felt like the pieces of the globe should have been like hanging on different like um okay, or, like you know, and then you have to gather all twenty five pieces. I felt like I was like I, I did think that that was a little easy. But I'm still like, you still got to put it together. And you think about it, if if in a different time zone or a different world, if the race was a lot closer and they put the, the globe together wrong and had to redo it, it could have given a time for another lead to take place. So, I mean, I would probably give it like a, a B minus for the final, final, final challenge. I'm with you. Actually, what you just said I found really interesting. Like, have to go around the warehouse solving clues based on your leg of the race to find your pieces of the puzzle? Great. Just make it something. Like, there's usually something that makes you think about every leg of the race and some sort of memory challenge. So, it just it wasn't here. It was unlock a chest of, I think it was 32, like, fabric puzzle pieces and wrap them around the globe. Like, there's no memory <laughs> challenge. And that is something I look forward to every season because I just, that's, that's my forte is the memory stuff because you know me, I'm not strong or fast, but I like the memory stuff. So there's no, there was no real skill here. I mean, Will and James did a good job of laying out everything. They do it almost perfectly the first time. You can't be mad at them. They did the task that was put in front of them. And they're obviously winning at this point. And this makes me happy. I'm happy they're winning. So I don't really have a problem with the beads or the king cake or the bridge. But this final task is something that I look forward to every season. And it just seemed that there was so much more that they could have done in this huge warehouse that would have wrapped the whole season up nicely. And it just sort of, it just left a little bit of a, an empty space there for me. For me. I mean, I, I can see that. I, I mean, again, this is like my first time fully watching a whole season. So, I mean, I necessarily was somewhat happy, but I mean, clearly, you know me, I'm a third boot, so I don't really know much about a lot of these shows. You know so, a lot about a lot. You guys stop saying that. You know you, a lot about a lot. You the winner, so yeah. I understand your perspective. And then when they, uh, what surprised me was like when they ran into the, then after they got their clue, they had mm-hmm. to go to the Superdome where mm-hmm. the Saints go marching in. Oh, marching in. <laughs> go win the Saints. Come on, Saints. Go marching in. Go marching in. Go, go, go. Go, go marching in. Okay, sorry. Okay, okay. again, listen, because you know me, I can break down the oh, Saints. Yes. And then, so I was so excited <laughs> when they got there. And my job was so excited to see Frank and Jerry. I, I was like, yes! Now, I don't know why. I just always thought that once the like the Amazing Race is home, that like maybe they had to go sequester in a hotel. Um, but Yeah, they all do. They go sequester in, in a I don't actually know what country they went to this year. My season there was like a villa in Tuscany. Uh, 26 was like Portugal. So they're all in some place once you're out until you get to the final challenge. And they're all, you know, shipped over to the final challenge to watch the winners cross the finish line. Um, 
So anyway, they obligatorily show you Hung and Chi leaving the bridge before Riley and Madison get there. You know, Will and James leave the globe before Hung and Chi even get there. So you know it's not really close. They finally, my favorite part of the season, I will tell you this, is when the last clue is read, it always says where the finish line is, and then it says, go, go, go. And that was my favorite clue to read because you knew at that point it was theirs to lose. Like, unless they screwed the pooch and... The, their driver didn't know where the Superdome is, which would be ridiculous. <laughs> right. <laughs> then, you know, they weren't going to win. So Will and James are in their cab, and they have the same conversation that Scott and I had, where we're super fans. We're hysterical crying. We talk about how our moms are going to freak out. They talk about how their families are going to be so proud. And I kind of don't want to talk about the rest of the episode with you. Oh, <laughs> why not? Because I feel like once we say who officially won, but it's obvious, but once we say it, then we're done recapping. And I don't want to be done recapping. Well, I mean, listen, Brooke, there are plenty of shows that we watch. You are you have an open door policy here at the Purple Pants Podcast. So we will not say goodbye. We Fine. will say see you later. <laughs> Till next okay? time. Okay, next deal. Time. Deal. Okay, so then we can talk about it because I actually really like the end. So Will and James run into the Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Superdome together. They hug, they kiss. I'm loving it. Everybody's crying. And Phil does what he does. And James's body, I'm sure, like his soul jumps out of his body like my where Phil goes, 11 countries, 17 cities, 33,000 miles. Like, you're the official winners of the amazing race. And it is just... It's a moment, Bryce. It, it, is it definitely is. I was, I actually moment. was getting a little, like, teary-eyed when they were just talking about their experience and just, like, how... Uh, James was such a fan of the show mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like you he applied with different members of his family and that to be you know to actually play with his the, his current love of his life I know and I was just like oh let me hope somebody text me back <laughs> in the near future and maybe we can like do some jumping jacks and together or something but yeah it was like really really nice and then I definitely did not see this engagement coming so then oh. my mind started wondering was like bitch was you carrying that ring around the whole time or did mm-hmm. you tell and so then my mind just started well, so obviously Will and James they went mm-hmm. and Will proposes to James now my questions were, were did you have this ring in your fanny pack the whole time did you give it to production and like That's told them to guess. hold on to mm-hmm. it then my other question was, bitch, what would you have done if you didn't win? Would you still propose at the end? I, I'm assuming. But then I'm like, well, if you didn't win and you proposed at the end, then child, you taking thunder from the other team that won. But regardless. Nah, who cares? Take their thunder. You take their thunder, Will and James, and you and live your life happy. I like that. So I loved it. I, you know, for me being an openly gay black man and I'm always screaming for diversity to have, um, uh, you know, a gay team win uh, to be so dominant, to be so, it just really, like, I loved it. And I just, like, you know, love the representation that, you know, this show has and that, you know, anyone, no matter what your race, what your ethnicity Mm -hmm. is, what your sexual preference is, it doesn't matter. Like, you all can still be winners. And so I really loved that for just, you know, my communities that I represent. I thought it was amazing. But then... Another question I had was that, like, that would have had to been such a gift and a curse. So that means that they were engaged for the last two years, but bitch couldn't really say that they were engaged because, like, I'm assuming they wanted this big surprise and reveal on The Amazing Race, but you can't really say... Or if you're saying that you're engaged, you you got to lie and say where... Like, right. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, all things being 
like equal and everything said and done. I think they're okay with it. I mean, does James get a better day than this? For I mean, me, true, winning true. the Amazing Race, like one of the best days I can, like top five days of my life, he gets to win the Amazing Race and gets engaged and it's on TV and they'll have it forever. And it's just, it's lovely. And so that, just to wrap it up, I mean, they show Hung and Chi, they show Madison Riley finish for shits and giggles. And Hung and Chi are adorable. Madison Riley looked pissed, man, <laughs> when they get... The only person who looked more upset was D'Angelo, who... To this day, like two years later, he still seems to have not gained any perspective because he was tweeting during the finale and he just still seems sour. Well, on the actual finale episode when he was clapping for the other teams, he did seem rather joyous. I did notice that. I was, I did, I like, I paused and took a a screenshot of it and I was going to send it to you, but I forgot because then uh, they got engaged. But yeah, yeah, um, I I was happy to see uh, Frank and Jerry and I was kind of curious, like, you know, me to see what uh, Jerry's, uh, no, Frank's reaction to the engagement was, like, just his, like, you know, because I don't know why I just was so curious, but he seemed, like, really happy uh, for them. But my other question is, so did they get married yet, or were they waiting for this reveal to get married? No, I don't think, they're not married yet. They're still engaged. Okay. Okay. So your engagement, I think that's rather appropriate. Um, but yeah. I mean, so, with the last year, Bryce, I mean. I mean, I know. Like, <laughs> who, even if they were planning a wedding, like, I, I just, oof. So it, it's just a lot. But I um, I had so much fun. Me watching. too. I do want to say, let me say one thing, because okay. I think this is important. I think Will and James got a bit of a bad rap, and people say, you know, they were bullies or alliances or cheating. No. Will and James played hard. They played smart. They play the hell out of the game. And I think anyone out there who's, they are real people, anyone who's on any of these shows are real people. So be nice. It's easier to be nice than it is to be a jerk. You have James who envisioned this winning moment since he was 11. And I know exactly what he means. For me, I was 21 when the race started. So let's not talk about like how old (laughs) I am. But I am thrilled that super fans won. So I just want to say congratulations to all of the teams. And I know that they listen to this. So all of the teams that got to live their dream. But a special congratulations to Will and James. Welcome to the winner's circle. It is a pleasure. To have you here. Well, it's been a pleasure to cover y'all. I mean, I don't know what the winner circle feels like, so I can't really <laughs> welcome y'all to that. I can welcome my girls to the third boot club because I know what that's like. But wait a minute, girl. Wait, spill some tea. Who you know listen to the podcast? I'm curious. I didn't think anyone of the Amazing Race people listen. Who oh, you know James Wallington reached uh, out and said he listens to the Pearl Pan co- Pants podcast. So hi, James. James, baby Way to boy. kick his ass. So good job. And then Bryce, thank you. This has been like so much fun getting to you know recap my favorite show and to do it with you and you just bring a ton of joy to so many people so i love love doing this every week and hopefully someday the race will come back and we can do it again yes hopefully well when it comes back you are the permanent spot for my recap person but listen in the meantime we could do you know couple months checks in if there's i know that you're watching um the big sky um i I didn't and mind you i didn't even text you back on that because my Mm -hmm. i was i was asleep and then when i woke up i had but anyway but yeah i'm really loving big sky um and if you guys don't know what's on abc it's i i it's a really good show but anyway Mm -hmm. there are so many shows brooke that like if there's a show that you are saying like listen bryce we need to talk about let let me know, girl. I'm, I'm always gonna text open. you some options. I watch way too much television, but so do I. I will. I'm, I'll call you this weekend. But thank you so so much. This was so fun, guys. Thanks for listening to the Amazing Race stuff. Congratulations, Will and James. See you for season 33. Yes. God willing. Well, listen, girl. You know, you know, we gotta end it. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> How, How does, does it feel? feel?
Love you, Brookie Poo. Love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> If you hurry up quick, it's a purple pants pick, yeah. And we are on to one of my favorite segments of the show, Purple Pants Picks. That's right, you pick I say every Saturday to my Instagram, Bryce Isaiah. I will drop a photo and it will say, drop your topics, Purple Pants Picks. And it's your chance, you, the listener, get to drive the conversation, whatever it is, a topic, a subject that you want to hear your baby boy talk about. You put it in that box and I will put it on the podcast. So, Audrey, girl, what's the first Purple Pants pick? The one and only Sarah asks, with the new COVID vaccinations available now, what are your thoughts on them? Ooh, Chile. So, yes. Last week, the vaccinations for COVID-19 came out and they are available. They're giving them out to our essential workers, the first responders, nurses, people in hospital settings. And it is a much needed relief during this pandemic. Although, in my opinion, the vaccine is a like a win. However, it comes with a lot of criticism. A lot of people are nervous about taking the vaccine. And I would be lying if I said I was not nervous to take the vaccine. We know a lot of vaccines that we currently take, when they first rolled out, they were good. Then later in life, we learned that they were side effects to them and, you know, birth defects. However, in my opinion... I am one of the ones that am saying, I will take the vaccine. Sign me up. I really want to do my part to end this pandemic. And I understand a lot of people have concerns about taking a vaccine. And even one of my concerns about the vaccine is that it was created in less than under a year. Okay. We've got cancer. We've got AIDS. We've got the common flu. And they're still working on cures for that. And... With under a year, we have a vaccination for COVID. So I get it. I Trust me. I, my eyebrow is raised too. Like, wait, what, what, what is going on? However, I, I'm willing to take it. I want to take it. I want to do my part. So let me know, Purple Pants Posse, what's your thoughts on the vaccine? Have you received it? Are you worried about taking it? Are you going to take it when it becomes available? Tweet me and let me know. All right. What's the next purple pants pick? Ben Snyder 48 writes, it was great chatting with you at Ceri's holiday party. Baby boy. Shout out Ben Snyder for participating in Ceri's holiday party. It was definitely one for the books. If you don't know, Ceri was throwing a holiday party uh, with a lot of your favorite survivors. Troy Zan, Michaela, Davey, Michelle Fitzgerald, Johnny Fairplay. There were so many people. Uh, Ty, Natalie Cole, Andrea, Eliza, Poppy Bear, just to name a few. And it was a really great event. A lot of the proceeds went to Sunday Bequest, who is currently fighting cancer. So it was all around a great event. Holiday cheer for a good cause. And I had the honor of hosting the puzzle room. So it was so much fun to interact with the fans. But you know, the way the the U.S. mail is set up, a lot of the survivors did not get the puzzles. So we had to kind of sort of turn the puzzle room into a question and answer type of thing. 
and really a hangout room. So it was a chance for me to interact with survivors and really facilitate the survivor fans and some of the Purple Pants Posse members that came out. And so I really hope everyone had a good time. I had a great time. You know, anytime Sari needs your baby boy, I'm going to always be there. What's the next Purple Pants pick? Bova.art says... Ways to get free coffee creamer while working remote. Now, you know, your baby boy loves some coffee creamer. And it has been difficult for me during this pandemic where we're working from home. I'm not in the office because, you know, normally when your baby boy is in the office, I will borrow some creamer that it is in the refrigerator. So during this pandemic, I'm working from home and that means I got to spend my coins on some creamers. However, you know, a lot of the coffee uh, companies out there like International Delight, Coffee Mate, you know, if you tweet them or on social media, you write them and say like, hey, I really love this, uh, this flavor creamer. You know, they might send you a little coupon or they might send you something in the mail. I don't know. You know, International Delight was sending your baby boy a lot of stuff. So definitely check it out. But unfortunately, I don't have no quick hacks to free creamer. But whenever I'm at Barb's house, I do help myself to some of the creamer that is in her refrigerator. What's the next Purple Pants pick? Love Jones 82 says, any gift ideas for someone who you recently started dating during the pandemic? Hey, Love Jones, I feel like that's a really good Purple Pants pick. I always feel like if you are in a new relationship or you're dating someone and the holidays come around, I'm always a big proponent of gift giving. I know some people are like, if it's within six months, then we don't need to give them a gift. However, listen, y'all could be talking two days and I feel like you should give them a gift. So I feel like good gifts for people that you have just started dating or don't really know, and you don't really want to set like a huge precedent. Like, you know, you don't want to start off buying something crazy and then a relationship doesn't work. Or you start off buying a huge gift and you have to like match it or beat it the following year in my head i feel like good gifts for someone that you've just started dating are like socks underwear um lotions you know your baby boy loves candles so things like that like something that they would use every day but that's really inexpensive and if you get the right uh wrapping paper wrap it up really nice It really can go a long way, especially with a card or even a card. You know me. I love cards. So even if you don't have money to buy a gift, maybe you make a a handmade card and you write something really special in it or have the card accompany a candle, something like that. Something really little and personal, I think, really goes a long way. Let's the person know that you're interested. And, you know, that way, if you're still dating next year. It's easy to top a candle. It's easy to top underwear. It's easy to top socks. So you really can't go wrong with that. So that's my opinion. All right, Audrey, what's the last purple pants pick? T Combs 23 says, what are some of your favorite holiday traditions? Hmm. Now that's kind of an easy one for me. So normally in a regular year, minus a pandemic, every Christmas Eve, my family, we do like a seafood buffet. What I mean by seafood is crab legs, it's shrimp, it's mussels. My mom makes her pasta salad. You know, we got potato salad. We do fried chicken. That's really one of my favorite holiday traditions. It makes me sad that 
because of everything that's going on right now, we're not able to do that. So I'm going to just have to think about the crab legs and think about the shrimp and think about the mussels. Another one of my traditions that I love that's probably not the most healthiest is listening to Christmas music. Now, I can remember as like a teenager, my brothers would be like out at their friend's house and my mom would be like downstairs by the Christmas tree drinking wine, listening to sad Christmas songs. Now, I know that sounds so weird, but you know, like, what are you doing New Year's or like what? Do the lonely do at Christmas? And I remember thinking, like, my mom is so weird. But as an adult, I love to wrap gifts. You know, baby boy loves a glass of wine. And I love listening to, like, the love, sad uh, Christmas songs. I don't know why. Even if I'm in a happy mood, it just makes me think that I don't know. Y'all gonna have to blame Barb because that's what Bar- Barb loves them type of songs. And I guess the apple does not far from the tree because that's what baby boy loves to do. I also really love my gift exchanges with my friends. Uh, we always like set a special day. Like my friend Sarah will get like special cocktails and I'll go over her house. She'll come over my house. So I really love Everything that has to do with the holidays. I love the gift giving. I love the holiday cheer. I love doing things for someone that would least expect it to put a smile on their face. I just, I really love the fact that it really is the season of giving. And during the regular time of year, people aren't normally like that. So that's really what I love about the holidays and some of my holiday traditions. I would really love to hear what are some of the things that you and your family normally do or what are some of the things that you and your family are doing. Let me know. Tweet me. Send me a message and let me know all of the things that you guys love to do for the holidays. And just a reminder, if your pick didn't get picked this week, do not worry. Every Saturday on Bryce's Instagram and Twitter at Bryce Isaiah, that's B-R-I-C-E-I-Z-Y-A-H. Bryce posts the Purple Pants picks, and it's your chance as the listener to get your pick in. Tune in next week to see if your Purple Pants pick was picked. Who's the freak? Who's the freak? Who's the freak of the week? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that freaky, freaky freak? Who's the freak of the week? Might be me, might be you, might be And just like that, we are on to this week's Freak of the Week, which I find a loving holiday one. Well, it's like an anniversary slash holiday one. I was minding my business, as I always do. And one night, I was scrolling through the Instagram, and I came upon Matt Bischoff's page, okay, from Survivor Caramone. And he is on his Instagram with this video. And I'm like, well, what is Matt doing? Let me click on Matt. I love Matt. He was one of the first survivors I ever met after getting off of my season. And even when my season aired way back in the day, he was one of the first survivors to reach out to me saying like, baby boy, I love you. I hope that you do well and and welcome to the Survivor family. So Matt always has such a special place in my heart. Now, any of you guys know Matt, you know, he is a 
biker, you know, got a big beard. And not only does he have a big beard, but he has a what you call a beard dread. Yes, a beard dread. So he has grown his beard out to the point that he lets his beard dread and literally dread. It hangs down to the floor. Okay. I'm imagining, you know, when he put a coat on, he got to wrap it around his head. And, you know, just an interesting look. I love me some Matt. I love his wife, Tessa. I love his two boys. Uh, you know, he's just a great guy. And I'm watching this video. And in the video, Matt is sharing with us that it is his anniversary uh, with him and his wife, Tessa. And he shares that Tessa is not a fan of the beer dread. And that was really interesting to me because I always would have thought she loved it. But I mean, you know, Matt is telling us she's not a huge fan of it. And he also tells us that maybe like a couple of months ago when he was camping, he was sitting down. And when he stood up, he accidentally stepped on his beard, the, the beard dread that is, and it broke off. So it's not as long as it once was. And Matt had set a goal that he wanted to grow the dread down to the flow, okay, from him standing up. But in the video, he really shares that how much he loves his wife. And he was thinking about what he could get her for their anniversary. And he made the decision that he is going to cut the beard dread off for his wife because he knows that she's not a fan of it and that it's something that money can't buy. You know what I'm and again, like I was just talking about in the purple pants picks, getting gifts that like mean something to someone. You know, you can buy the most expensive gift in the world, but I mean, those are just material things. And so Matt on video cut the beard dread for his wife, Tessa. And I thought that was the cutest thing ever. Now, mind you, I can't get nobody to text me back consistently, let alone cut their beard dread, okay? But anyway, that's gonna make Matt the freak of the week, baby, okay? Showing love, okay? Showing love to his wife, getting her a gift that money can't buy, okay? Like the countess said, money can't buy your class. Elegance is learned, my friend, okay? So listen, make sure you guys go to the Matt Bischoff's Instagram and let him know in that video, find that video where he is chopping the locks, okay? It go bye-bye. Let him know that he is the freak of the week, baby. Oh, who going to cut their beard dread for me? I just want to know. If you if you willing to do that for me, just DM me. <laughs> oh, God, I'm crazy. So if Matt cutting his beard dread makes him the freak of the week, that means we have come to an end of another amazing episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really hope that you have an amazing holiday, no matter what it looks like. I know that this might be a different holiday than we're used to, but let's make the best of it. Let's just be grateful for life. Let's just be grateful for our family. Let's be grateful for our friends. And we're going to celebrate. We're going to deck the halls, okay? So make sure you subscribe to my podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. I think Uncle Pookie is on holiday break, so you might not be able to get the podcast in the back of Uncle Pookie truck this week, but he'll be back next week, okay? Write a review, tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend that we deck in the halls here, cause it's a, it's a, it's a, 
It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public. Might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind. You better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.